Join the millions of players around the world and bring in the new year with the all-time favorite classic match three game, Candy Crush Saga. It's fun to play and challenging to master with thousands of levels to switch and match your way through. Get that sweet feeling this new year with Candy Crush Saga. Download it now from the App Store or Google Play for free. We want to be better. <laughs> we want to be better. We need to be better. We, we want, want to, to be, be better. No, no. <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> okay. We, we want, want to, to be, be better. better. Elmo's world. Elmo loves his goldfish, his crayon too. Oh, wait. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. I was like, you know what? You did that on purpose. You wheel me in and start singing a song, press record when I'm not paying attention. And then I knew it was happening. I love fuck. you. It's sickens me. Yeah, it sickens me that I even know the words to that because I think I was too old for that show anyway and yet. Fuck you! You know what? Next week, I'm sitting in that chair. You are not. No, hundred percent. I don't like it. Righto. Um, Can we please just talk about what happened downstairs? Because I can't (laughs) deal. Um, My husband is so (laughs) odd. (laughs) No, like to be fair, he's got a personality that goes with his haircut. We're talking Jesus. That was (laughs) that was bleak. Um, So we're talking about avocados because Liam was in a huff and he's like, can you, when you get up there, talk about avocados? Um, and he's angry because he shows us he's just cut into an avocado. He's making a toasted sandwich and he turns to us in disgust because he's got a relatively rotted avocado. And he's like, look at that. They're selling these for $2.50 <laughs> and that's what you get. And naturally I am disgusted. I say, Liam, don't throw that out. You can return that. They'll definitely give you your money back. And he's like, oh, no, whatever. Just puts it in the <laughs> Sorry. Just puts it in the bin. And then moves on to the next avocado and he's even further enraged at this point because it's even more rotted. It is black. It's completely like mush. (laughs) It's just a mushy mess. And he's like, look at that, another one. And we're like, <laughs> both of us now, we're, we're enraged we're for him. Yeah, we're like, no, Liam, don't throw it out. Get them both and you can return them. And that's when he drops the truth nugget of, oh, well, I might be extending <laughs> the truth a little. <laughs> he's like, oh, actually, yeah, nah, um, I don't know when I got these. They could have been sitting there for a week. <laughs> so he wants us to come up here and attack the avocado industry, um, which though, to be fair, avocados are a tough one. They're a tough because well, one of those that he just opened before the nut was huge, massive nut, not much flesh to it's nut hard, ratio. Yeah, it's really hard to pick when like how big is that nut going to be. Sometimes though, when they I don't know if you've ever had this happen, you open an avocado and the nut is really small, and you're getting more avocado, but that avocado isn't up to to par because it needed the nut. It needs that nut to keep. So it. you you want a medium good size nut. A good nut. A good nut. Yeah, yep. See, I don't understand. If we have seedless watermelon, surely a more mm. – I think we want more is a seedless avocado. Oh, now that's interesting. Except for I think they're like really important to the growing of it. I think it's something <laughs> to do with the oil in it or something. Uh, I'm, look, I, well, I don't even know how they make a seedless watermelon then. Uh, yeah, I think it's like genetic. Mm something if you could modify any fruit to be perfect to you what would you do oh god that's the real question 
Oh, she's having a think. See, for me, as long as it's, and I, I've just learnt this recently, but like I, mandarin's probably my favourite fruit and I just don't like the seeds because they ruin it. But in there if you buy the kids' ones. They don't have them. They don't have them. Kids just have it so lucky. Yeah. Don't have to deal with seeds in their fruit. I don't so actually little, know. I don't know what I'd choose. Mm, interesting. So you'd like fruit just as they are. It's great yeah, for you. I do. I, I, come as you are. <laughs> Sorry, that got like really. Come as you are. Oh, that's but, sweet. Yeah, Liam just doesn't like to waste food. That's the thing about Liam. Liam's just like my dad. My dad will eat mm. food that is so off, like mm. cow's milk. When way back when I lived at home, and that was yeah. a thing that we drank. Cow's milk, like two weeks out, it's curdled. That's completely really... and like honestly disgusting. And he used to do this thing when we would all go gross. I can't be around that. You are disgusting. Mm-hmm. He used to always go back in my day, back in my day, Annie. And he said this one. I remember back in my day, we didn't have baby bottles. We drank out of tomato sauce bottles. And what? I was like, Dad, I think you're just like making shit up now. Surely the baby bottle was invented well before the tomato oh, sauce I, bottle. It I was mean, just come on. so it was like laughable. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that I don't think any of it happened. But I remember one day I got in the shower and I used to always do this thing because our um, towel cupboard isn't mm. in our bathroom. So I'd get in the shower and then I go, Dad, I need a towel. Mm. I need a towel. And he, it used to just annoy him to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. And he would come in and he'd throw the towel. Anyway, this one day I said, Dad, I need a towel. And he came in and he threw it at me and he goes, do you know, back in my day, I had to wipe myself with a hanky. What? <laughs> where, where did he think that you thought he grew up? <laughs> I, I've never, I reckon that was 20 years ago now. <laughs> I have never let him live it down. Yeah, just come Dad, up. I think you're talking shit. Well, now. I mean, you know, they like to pretend like kids today. They don't know how lucky, lucky they, they are. are. But um, no, well, I mean, if he's drinking milk that's two weeks old, that's, you know, he, he, it's nothing, wrong. Nothing it's, is off for my dad. No. And same as Liam. Remember when I made that toasted cheese sandwich? Oh, my God. Annie is notorious, and I don't want to shame you on air, but notorious for just letting things burn. You know, you're like Usher, okay? You're just like, you've got to let it burn. And (laughs) I (laughs) – you burn um, seeds. Pine nuts. Pine nuts. I think I could own a second home yeah, like, with the amount of money I've spent on pine nuts. Pine nuts, one, they're expensive. So you want to make sure that you get them I right. Fucking they take literally 10 seconds I in the pan. I have the attention of 10 seconds. I don't not, even, not 10 seconds. I don't have 10 so, seconds. <laughs> I can't pay attention. I, the amount of times I've been in Annie's house that she's burnt something is palpable. Like, it's crazy. And um, she was at our, we were at her house, she was making toasties and just left them in the toaster like the sandwich press, mm. for however long, I'm not sure. I reckon a good two hours or yeah, something. Yeah, ages. <laughs> so <laughs> what comes out naturally is a burnt cheesy crisp. No, and it's, it's, it's thinner than a crust. <laughs> <laughs> and Liam proceeds to eat it. He's not going to let he it go. He did not want to let it go. Oh. What's the oldest thing you've eaten then? Because I know, and this is, I've been guilty I've been in like the the noughties, um, not the noughties, but the one that comes after that. So you got like the nineties, the noughties. What's that so one? So the eighties, the nineties, the noughties, the teens. 
the fuck is it? It's what this is the era we're in now, of which we've got like a month left, two months left. Has any um, has anyone decided what we're the calling 20 it? Twenty teens? Is that the teens? That sounds really shit. Okay, oh. Google break. Me me me. Okay, yeah, it's the twenty tens. The twenty tens, but that's not the same. And the twenty tens is one. So eighties, nineties, noughties, twenty tens. God, you've got to feel sorry for. But that's also really dumb because, like, the nineties is like ninety one, ninety two. There's ninety in yeah. all of it. Uh, there's ten in one of those. But mm, okay, well, I've look. Long story <laughs> short, I've been in the twenty tens, <laughs> definitely, and have eaten Vegemite from the nineties. And you know what? You have. Not. I have. I have. And you know what? Vegemite. But veg- ve- sorry, but Vegemite goes moldy. Well. I ate it. What was the salt c- content? Of I that? remember must be made looking at it because I remember eating it and I was like, "Hmm, that was interesting." And then I looked at the bottle and it was like ninety three. Mm. And I was so, like, "Jesus!" Like just after you were born, yeah. You're like what ninety? And the thing is, it had been in our like holiday home, so up in a beach area where it's <sighs> boiling hot. That was oh, it was a mistake. Look, we, we and I'm not here to say anything bad about Vegemite because I absolutely love Vegemite. But Vegemite that is, you know, 20 years old, ooh, give it a miss is all I'm saying. Yeah. Common sense, I know. But I just, in case I feel like this podcast is really endorsing, you know, food poisoning. No, I'm not endorsing. Oh my God, not endorsing. Like salmonella, steer clear of it. Um, However, just in case you did have a 20 year bottle of Vegemite and you thought, should I eat this? Don't. I've had a couple of months old thing of Vegemite and it, I couldn't eat it. I reckon it must be different <laughs> um, to the night eats one. So we have our, an advice question today. Um, and before I start, Annie naturally will need a name. Drop of the hat, quick. Louise. Louise. Mm, that's a middle name if ever I did hear one. That is a middle name, <laughs> isn't it? So many of my friends have the middle name Louise. How often do you hear it as a first name? I Never. know one Louise. I do too. I know one. Well, that's it. And then the, this woman, Louise, it's written into us because <clears throat> that's totally her name. So look, Louise, I love you because you've written an entire paragraph which is you've literally said, I want to feed your egos and I want to share it with the audience, but you actually wrote too much, but I'll just say like TLDR. (laughs) She loves us guys. (laughs) Okay. So this is her letter. What do I do if I have a complete different outlook on something than my husband? I'm talking. Is it husband? It's Mm. husband. Yeah. So mm, Mm -hmm. we didn't discuss this before marriage. No. Oh, it's coming up now. It's, yeah, it's okay. now. Yeah, right okay. okay. I'm talking particularly about horse racing and gambling. Oh, that is a hot potato at the moment. <laughs> hot potato doesn't get used enough as well, by the way. We should be saying hot potato all the time. And cold spaghetti. Mm. No. Okay. Hot potato. It's been a hot topic. Oh, shit. It's been a hot topic lately. (laughs) Sorry, Louise. I'm putting words in your mouth. So it's been a hot topic lately and something I've never really questioned before. I'm not from Australia and horse racing isn't a thing where I'm from. So I really don't know much about it when I first started dating my partner. Over the last couple of years, I've really started educating myself on the big picture and have come to terms that it's something that I definitely don't support and don't want to be around. My partner has always loved the races. Him and his dad 
always put small bets on and love to go and watch them. We've talked about it, but whenever I get into my reasons for not supporting it, he just says, I don't want to hear about the negatives. He says he doesn't want to, he doesn't want the harsh reality to ruin his love of it all. Now, with literally everything else in the world, we're on the same page. He is lovely and kind and so incredible to me. It's just this one thing that we are total polar opposites. Should this affect me? Should I just let this go as something we don't agree on? Or should I see this as a bigger thing? Sincerely, your fangirl, insert whatever glorious name you decide to give me, Louise. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, Louise is cute because it could be Lulu. Let's call oh, her Lulu yeah. for sure. I like I that. like the name Louise too, but I just don't really know many with a Well, I mean, like, you know, sometimes you come out with really crazy names. Yeah, and it just was a really not one. Um, What are your opinions, B? Um, yeah, it's a tough one. It's tough, I think, because I already have the prejudice of being on her side. Yeah. So obviously I don't like horse racing and gambling. And then I'm also on the side of my husband is in the same boat with me on that one as well. So it's really hard for me to imagine a situation in which he wouldn't be. Mm. And straight off the bat, just thinking about that makes me feel uncomfortable. So like I completely commiserate with her. Yeah, see, um, for someone as opinionated as I am. Have you? Oh, my gosh. I never would have called you opinionated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You opinionated? Never. Yeah. Uh, you would argue even probably the most opinionated <laughs> yeah. person going around, mm-hmm. particularly on this subject. Yeah. Um, yeah. I married someone that didn't have the same views as me. In fact, Liam and I, if you think back to who he was 10 years ago, is mm. so different to who he is today. Yeah. Me? No. Same. <laughs> same. Exactly. Opinionated. Same. Because really, I don't think I've ever come across it. He's like, no, I changed football teams for him. Oh, but it's not, an, it's not like a world view. I don't know. Can you think of something that you um, – I've never um, come around to anything that – my husband, I don't – purely because uh, I'm always, always right. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're having an argument on something, yeah. I wouldn't – yeah. But, I mean, I like look at me 10 years ago, different person, and even then 20 years ago, different person. Like yeah. me as a teenager is completely different to who I was. And I like me pre-university, completely different person because yeah. it was – only until I went to university that I saw how whitewashed my education was. Yes, And that definitely. is a huge thing because at school, like when I was at school, this is going to blow your mind. Mm. I, my Croatian little hoe ass, was voted third. <laughs> Stop it. Third proudest Aussie. No. Yes. Bianca. Yes. I want to spew. I know. What, like... N- do you know what? how bizarre Why? it how? looked? How it looked in the yearbook, having <laughs> like all these Aussie, per- like gold Aussie, silver, but proud as Aussie, and then like the most Croatian, like the non-whitest name. That's why you were bronze. Them. That's why I was bronze. Yeah, oh, I definitely wasn't getting the gold, babe. <laughs> no. But yeah, I was like just so I had I slept. Oh my god, I slept. My bedspread was a fucking Australian flag. Bianca, I would just like to. Um, yeah, but look how far I've come. <laughs> So, yeah. Do you know what? I completely understand that too. I 
like if I look back on 10 years ago who I was, I am so different. And if anyone does that to themselves, of course, it's so different. I think the thing for me is is that I haven't changed sides. I've probably just come become more extreme yeah. with the things that I already believed yeah. in. So 10 years ago, say I was only vegetarian. Mm-hmm. I wasn't vegan. Yeah. So that's not like seeing you do know does that make sense going mm. going like completely flipping the way I see things yeah I've just educated myself more and I've like yes. become more of that I think yeah 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 I think this is an int- I think the horse racing one is interesting though because this was relatively new even for myself because I'm not from Melbourne um so I actually don't know what it's like um being here I don't know if it's it is such like an extravagant event that like everyone kind of goes to. But when you're not from Melbourne and, you know, this is my first year there, I was like, oh, like race day would be really fun to go to just because I'm like, it's something mm. I've not been involved with. Like I'd never even considered yes. the animal group. Like I hadn't thought about it. Um, and I think it was only a few years ago that I was like, oh, that, like when the, the two horses died on the, the one day. And I was like, wow, this is really fucked up. Like I was pretty ambivalent towards races. I was like, oh, I'm definitely not going to go. It's something that I'm not interested in. But then it was when that happened that I was like, oh, okay, this is really fucked up. Like yeah, it's not just like whipping horses. They're fucking stressed and they're fucking dying and it's cruel, right? So like even for me personally, I know that like my views on that have done a huge change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure a lot of other people are kind of in the same boat. So yeah, I can understand that this is a topic that people are really hesitant to get into because they're like, oh, but. And especially if, um, especially if you haven't grown up with it, you feel like yeah. you can't really have an opinion on it because you haven't been exposed to it. Yeah, so for an outsider coming in, you'd be like, wait, why are you doing this? I guess it's like the running of the bulls. We're all like, what What the the fuck fuck? are you doing? But I guess if you live there, you're just like, well, it's tradition. It's what we do. The issue that we have, of course, with the horse racing though, particularly because it's like it's seen for other things, like, oh, well, I don't go for the horses. I go because I like the fashion. And it's like, well, just say it all in one sentence then. Be like, okay, I accept that horse racing is terrible and it's cruel, but I – support that industry because I like going with fashion and then realize that like oh, okay maybe I don't want to be involved with it in that way maybe but um I totally see that like it's difficult because I don't see too many fashions on the field at the running of the bulls but you know there are people that are well that's, sticking. Th- th- that's cultural I think we were just having this discussion with Liam downstairs who we're actually going to bring up onto this podcast purely because mm. This is really re- relevant to our relationship. Yeah, and definitely and because he's got a haircut for radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor bastard. Yeah. Um, but he brought up um, some really moving points when we were downstairs just yes. before. And he said that he thinks that there's four factors mm-hmm. that come into why people believe in what what they believe in. The first one is family and how you grew up, mm-hmm. which is pretty obvious um the second one is social conditioning so what society is saying the next one is education Mm -hmm. but the last one is experience and that was the one that I was quite shocked about because I had never thought of it I had definitely thought of okay well you family of course that's Mm. that's falls under the umbrella of like tradition and and how you were raised yeah exactly of course 
social conditioning for sure. That's like all the rest of society and what they they normalise. That's all the advertising that comes to you and Mm -hmm. what's shown on TV. Education, I was thinking, okay, well, the way to break this might be education. So, But that can also be filtered to you um, biasly. So that's sometimes hard to break. And without Mm. the other two... So if, if, for example, you're whitewashed history yeah. at school, if society is racist and your family are racist, then your education's probably going to be racist, yeah. isn't it? However, that fourth point is often so, so important yeah. experience. So say for the whitewashed education, your experience might be, all right, well, meeting people that are Aboriginal or seeing the Invasion Day protests or it needs it, – it's that one-on-one for um, me personally, it was going to an abattoir when I was young. Right. So well, it's that, that – To see yeah, firsthand. Exactly. But then see as well, it's interesting particularly like maybe with animal cruelty that I feel it goes both ways. It can swing – the complete sides of the pendulum if being exposed to it as a child. So for you, it was like, wow, this is, I've seen behind the curtain. I don't want to be involved in the meat industry because so many other kids just sort of get like meat on their plate and they don't know where it comes from. And Mm. it's completely disassociated from the animal. You saw it, you've, you've realized what it is and you don't want anything to do with it. On the other hand though, you could be a child that is grown up around it. Yeah, desensitized. It's just the way that it is. Um, Yet we have animals, we kill animals, we eat animals. That's what they're there for. So it is interesting that that experience can be completely opposite. Absolutely. Because there's so many people that are involved in the racing industry mm. that their experience is a really good one and a positive one. So they're obviously on the side of, well, no, horse racing isn't Exactly. And this cruel. is where um, you see a lot of people go, well, um, my experience is that we've always had racehorses and we look after them, we feed them well, and mm. when they retire, they go into a paddock. Okay, so that's their experience. Yeah. Can you imagine if I, <laughs> I said, well, I've got children and I really look after them and I feed them really well and that means that no children around the world are hungry. Right. Your individual experience is not what Everyone. everyone's doing. Yeah, that's but there's four factors to this. So um, there's probably more, but that Liam was saying before that I thought were really important. And I think that this person has to remember that when talking to her yeah. partner is that, yes, you have come in and uh, if you haven't grown up here, you don't have the social conditioning that this person, mm. that your partner, I mean, sorry, husband has. You haven't been raised with it by your family yeah. and have the tradition. Your education, you probably didn't go to school and have sweeps day. Mm. You didn't have to place bets when you were a kid. And your experience is that you haven't ever been. Yeah, exactly. So you don't have the fun association. No. And as well, what's interesting, like the societal conditioning and like that tradition also kind of falls under, again, like the masculinity side of things in, and this would kind of link in as well with like veganism in that, kind of admitting or caring about animals sometimes can be seen as a masculine for some reason. I don't yeah. know. But but that that shift of like, well, this is something that he does with his dad. He probably sees his dad as like a real man. Him then going it's to his dad bonding. and being – Yeah, it's a bonding yeah. thing. Going to his dad and being like, hey, I actually don't want to come to the races with you because I think it's quite – 
cruel to animals, mm. his dad might then be like, well, oh, you're you're whipped by your woman kind of thing or like you're under the thumb, um, you know. You're, you know I'm, what being, I mean? I'm being ditched for her opinion. Kind of thing, yeah. And then as well then you don't want to um, lose that bond with your dad. So he, there's that factor of um, it'd be hard to bring it up to your dad. Yeah. I can fully understand that. But also they need – we're all adults here. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what, you know, society says and sexism or all these like other really complex things. At the end of the day, you are accountable for your own actions. Yeah. And I think the thing is if if this is really, really important to you, yeah. um, then the other person should be listening. So if you I, – I used to know this couple and it was so weird – they used to come into an argument and they used to rate who... Yes, you've spoken about this before, yeah. So they used to rate how passionately they felt about something. Yeah. So if they started arguing and I said... I was Just say Liam wanted to go to horse racing, which he doesn't, but we came into the argument and he was like, I want to go to the races. It means so much to me. Mm. And then I was like well, it's my ethics. It's more than just a fun day. This is like who I am and everything I believe in. Okay, how much do you care about it? And they used to put a rating on it. So Mm. I'd go, oh, I'm a nine on it. And then he would be like, well, I'm only a five. And so they would come to an agreement. Okay, well, we're not going to do it because she's a nine on it and he's a five, which is crazy. And I think that it's probably not the best relationship. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's the right way to do things for sure. But I think the thing is, is if both of you are really passionate about something, Mm. you need to equally be listening. Yeah, And I think for a really long time, I would feel so passionate about something, so passionately about something that I would close down to the other side because I could not rationalise that I wanted to hear anything about the other side. Yeah. I, it used to make me so fucking mad mm-hmm. that you could even hold the opinion of the other side. I didn't even want to listen to it. Yeah. And so I, but the thing is, if you want that person to potentially change then you have to listen. You have to actually hear them out and because you need to have that mutual respect. In order for your opinion to come across to them, they have to feel that they're being heard as well. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing is with those like four points that we were saying before, family, social conditioning, education and experience, one of them has to be disrupted. So obviously Ooh, you don't want to be like yeah. a cult, right? And you take them away from their family. Of course not. No. Oh my God. Like you're not R. Kelly. Don't no, be doing that. No, exactly. No. But it might be, say for Liam, um, a part of the part of it was actually the family thing. It was starting his own family. It was, so the family was disrupted instead of him. His, him being the baby. Him being the baby and being a, a child of the family. Yeah. He started reflecting on his family and wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, what what are my family's values now? Okay, well, I'm changing. It might be education. So it might be how we were talking the other day about saying something to someone and it's not received very well at the start, but opening that dialogue of, okay, well, why don't you check out this documentary yeah. or why don't you read about it here or, and um, experience – oh, sorry, there's social conditioning as well. That needs to 
be disrupted for sure. Um, it might be the alternative of going, instead of going to the cup day, it might be, I don't know, an update party or something. Yeah. It might be, okay, be different do you know option. what? It might be going to the Invasion Day protest rather than in this, you know, in inverted commas, Australia Day fireworks. Yes. It, it's the, an, a, it's trying to break it, that conditioning to see the other side. Yeah. And then I think as well, I think it's good to have another option because I think um, sometimes we get stuck in these traditions because it's like, that. well, that's what you do sort of thing mm. that you're like, well, I don't know what to do without that. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. like on Cup Day, what am I supposed to do? Just like not watch the telly, not get dressed up, you know? So it's yeah. like there are the other options. You can go to like Nup to the Cup or like, you know, just go to the beach mm. and do something else. Get your own different tradition to start um, I think is a really good idea. Yeah. Um, do you want to get Liam? Oh, my God, yeah, Let's yeah. get Liam up and we'll, we'll have a chat. Liam. How long have we been doing this podcast, Annie? What, two years? Yeah. And it's only now. That we have finally managed to, to secure get this amazing <laughs> guest. <laughs> Liam Pickin, how are you? Good, Good to have you in the studio, mate. Uh, thanks for having me on. <laughs> I am la- this is why we haven't had him on. We can't. Because take- I can't take it seriously. No, Liam, I'm very happy that you're here. Um, thanks for coming into our office. <laughs> Stop it. No, this is serious. So, Annie, um, I don't have my notes because I've been ousted from my chair. So, I'm going to have to get you to drive this. Oh, and this is going to be cute. Little <laughs> husband and wife. I just want you to know that there is no notes. <laughs> we've, we've finished our notes. Now oh, this is just oh, sort this of this is just free ball free, and just riffing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, riffing with picking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Liam. You can get a word in now. <laughs> can you explain? Uh, Annie, you ask the questions then. Okay. Well, we got you on, Liam, because when you think back to the start of our relationship, how many things that we disagreed with, which was a lot, and where we are now, 10 years later, we tend to have sort of the same philosophies on almost everything now. And we were wondering, how did you get to be at that point? Actually, How did you come around to it, yeah, knowing well, that your wife, wife is, is right? <laughs> <laughs> she was right all along and how did it take you so long to come around to it? Do you know what? Actually, no. Because if he believe if he listened to his wife, he would have changed ages ago. But he took so long. In fact, for mm. example, say the vegan thing, he was the last in our family. It was me, then Malachi, mm. then the twins, then Liam. So Liam, could you share some light on like how how you changed your views? Oh, so thanks for having me on. Um, <laughs> I really appreciate it. Um, anyway, I think getting to that point is like, I think it's a number of things. Um, you know, I grew up in the country. Um, I've had that cultural experience in my family and everyone's been involved. Um, and, you know, I've been involved growing up and um, I've experienced all them sort of things. Um, but one of the main things that sort of um, helped me change is I think family and my kids, um, you know, they're massive drivers, especially the kids. Um, obviously, you've been... Um, <laughs> A big driver, Annie. Yeah, give credit where it's due, Annie. Jesus <laughs> Christ! Oh my God! No, you've been. Oh yeah, you've third been bit on an, the list. You bit of an influence, third. Annie. <laughs> I mean, like you were present, but I mean, <laughs> fucking hell! All right. Yeah, no, I think the big one of the big things is, especially when you have kids growing up, um, you want your kids to make. Their when own you have kids growing up, no, it means when you have kids that are growing, growing up. up. Oh, great! Not yeah. kids yeah. that are just 
they're not growing up. <laughs> yeah, the ones that are stagnant. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sorry, Liam. Keep going. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's one of the big things you want your kids to grow up um, and make decisions for themselves. And especially if they make a decision like this, you want to um, help and support them. And um, that's probably one of the big things, you know, you have to yeah. ask kids these days think completely different to when we grew up. So, so you would say out of the list of things that we were naming before, there was family, social conditioning, education and experience. That was the family part of it, right? That that changed. He had a family um, and the kids made a decision and he thought it was a mm-hmm. fair decision and so he supported that and he wanted to encourage them. However, you said earlier that you also had an experience. Yeah, I think the experience probably the last two years and going through what I have, um, it's completely sort of changed probably who I am and stuff. But um, So you, can you um, just say yeah, for people that um, don't know what, what you've been through? What you've been through. Yeah, so like I was injured playing football through concussion and that. So um, that's probably the, one of the big things is the experience of having pain and um, sort of processing all that. And, you know, to relate that to probably animals and, you know, the environment you're in and everything like that. So that's probably one of the big factors that sort of tipped me over the edge is um, animals have got this amazing ability um, to give you comfort and to be there and they know when you're in pain or you're experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And they don't care who you are or what you're doing. They just shower you with love, especially dogs and cats. And that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that's probably um, a really And also factor. you were saying downstairs that you then realised that you didn't want them to feel that, yeah? Well, yeah, I think especially growing up on a farm, you can never really correlate it or, you know, you never really have that sort of um, that close sort of connection and stuff. Well, it's so. crazy though, isn't it, because on a farm you've got animals like – the cows or the cattle, like, you know, that you know are going to get slaughtered. But then you've got your dogs that are – they sleep with you and you love them. And it's just so bizarre that you can have this cognitive dissonance of like, yeah. well, one animal's okay but and the, one animal but lives the thing with us is, and the other one doesn't. You'll actually find, B, that um, on farms uh, there's not many – so, for example, Liam didn't have dogs before. Most oh. of the animals in Liam's life were part of farming. So um, many of my friends will have dogs, but they're working dogs. They're working on the farm. I mean, we had working dogs in our farm, but they were like children. Like they mm. loved the dogs. And, yeah. you know, like still years later talk about them like they remember the, their lost fallen souls, mm. you know, like they were children. Yeah. So it is weird growing up that I would literally see the animals getting slaughtered but also like revering the dogs and keeping them in yeah. the house with us. It's really weird actually. Yeah. But again, that's the social conditioning, and it's also a different experience. True, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think it's on you know, especially in rural communities, it's just it's what you grow up. It's normal that's your experience you've had, mm. um, and people you know just go through that, and that's a normal thing for them to experience. Yeah, uh, for the people in the city, it's not their livelihood. It's, you know, to choose to just all of a sudden care about animals and, okay, I'm making the switch and I'm, you know, I'm going to go vegan or whatever. It's very different to if you're in the country and that is like your job. Yeah, and yeah. especially so many rural communities, especially with the drought, rely on so much of that income and that's all they know. Mm. Can I ask as an outsider to your marriage, but very much very part of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... The person that's written in for advice is saying like, you know, is this a problem? Should I foresee it as an issue? Was this a bone of contention in your relationship of, yeah, Annie's like, absolutely. (laughs) So, I mean, like, Annie, obviously for you it must have been upsetting, you know, if Liam 
is eating chicken in front of you. But then Liam, on the same token, would you feel guilty eating that chicken or would you want to hide it because you knew it would disappoint her? Oh, it, it's so complex, this, and especially I was a professional athlete. Um, yes. And, you know, like there's so Well, if you watch Game Changers on Netflix, I'm just saying that. No, I'm just, sorry, I'm <laughs> going on a vegan rant here. Yeah, continue. <laughs> no, I mean, that's one of the big things is education. I mean, yeah. you know, um, I think we were told sort of growing up and especially in the gym is like you got to eat heaps of protein and red meat will give you the most concentrated of protein and that will help you get bigger, stronger, faster and fitter. Yeah. And if you don't do that, then um, you probably won't make it. Yeah. Or you will have a disadvantage. Right, yeah. So um, I think think now, especially with the internet, like there's so much education and opportunity out there mm-hmm. that there's so many things that you can sort of substitute in or anything like that. So there's especially with the rise of social media, there's people educating people or, you know, providing information. Um, so it's completely different. Yeah. So, but would you be bone of contention? Yeah. Did it? Did you feel the tension? Because I know that like there have been in my marriage one thing that has stuck out between Palmer and myself, and it was like drugs and alcohol, and we both would kind of hide this part from each other because like we would feel bad about it, knowing that the other person doesn't like us doing that. I. And that's not something that you do like necessarily all the day, although like for me it was. But, um, (laughs) you know, like when it comes to eating a meal and you're out at a restaurant, would you feel a pressure to like, oh, I want to do right by Annie or like, you know, I know she doesn't like it when I eat meat. So when I'm eating a meal with her, I won't. Like, would you? Yeah, I think it's it's completely different because I always ate, you know, meat because I thought it was just um, an essential part of your diet. I had rules. So I had rules. He used to, um, if he ate meat, there was I was not I would not kiss him, like so he if he ate if he ate me he had to cook it outside, and I'm I, sorry what? yeah like on a barbecue uh, yes, correct out of the house I'm not joking yeah yeah I couldn't be around it it would just make me sick and then um, if he wanted to kiss me he had to brush his teeth like there was no fucking way that even mm. a cell was going into my mouth yeah. so I was and those little things probably made it a little bit harder for him but especially when we had children that's when all of the things that you really care about, you really, really, really care about all of a yeah. sudden because you you want to raise them the way that you, yeah. of your beliefs. And um, Liam, keeping it back onto the horse racing thing, I went away on a trip once with my friends and while it was away, Liam took the kids to the races. Two horse races. I, how did that go down, guys? How well, he that? waited until I was out of the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he knew. But I cried. I, I was so upset by it because yeah. he knew how I – and look, um, we fought. We had lots of arguments. Mm. I would say that now we barely ever argue. It's weird. Yeah. We've, got, we've become boring. I mean, no, but it's very much like Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park, you know, nature finds a way. You'll always find something to argue about. It's just you're not arguing about that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I still have arguments with my husband just about new things. Um, but it was, I think the, the, uh, yeah, you know, the thing that's probably swaying a lot of people in society is now is like everyone thought, you know, meat was an essential part of yeah. society. And yeah. then um, so many people – living without it and thriving. So um, having meat in the ecosystem and stuff like that, um, it's completely changed now. And you can see the rise of probably people having the option to say, you know. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in saying that, like, um, yeah, you go. 
Oh no, you keep going. Sorry, I, he's just so used to me interrupting him. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, no, honey, no, you I tell mean, it better. Yeah. <laughs> but, and there's there's so many different factors too, like you know, like health benefit and stuff. Um, that's sort of coming out now is um, the benefit of having you know a plant based diet and stuff is mm. you can really improve your health. Um, what would you say to this person that rode in Liam and? Um, they're having the issue at the moment, specifically with racing. She really, really hates it. And horse he, racing and gambling. Horse racing and gambling. He, he bonds with his father. Um, he goes to the races. He puts on bets. And every time she tries to talk to him about it, he says that he just doesn't want to hear the harsh reality because it would ru- be ruined for him. So what, would you, what advice would you give to her? Also keeping in mind that um, this feels very parallel to our own story because your own father is into racing. Liam's um, family are very into horse and um, greyhound racing. And so, um, and yeah, it's, it feels very parallel. Yeah, I'm, I'm in no position to be giving people advice. but <laughs> No, um, neither are we, babe, but we've made a whole podcast <laughs> on it, so you're going oh to have to. And there's people listening, is there? Yeah. yeah. Not, well, not, not that many. Don't anyway. it? Yeah, there's like, look, my mum, Annie, me doing sound checks and, <laughs> I don't know, a couple of our girlfriends, I'm sure. Uh, Go on. Yeah, I mean, it's, it takes years. Oh, it doesn't take years, but I suppose it's just um, you have to be open-minded. Um, mm. It doesn't happen overnight, like it really does for people. It sometimes it takes, um, you know, years and years for them to change. But I think it's, it's interesting what you were sat both saying in that it was sort of children that brings it to light. And you I think, don't want to let it get to that point. Though. No, but I'm saying that maybe it's not that. Like, yeah, it's something that you both disagree on, but I think it's a matter of saying to, uh, I think for Louise, just saying like, look. When it comes down to it, fine, do what you want to do. I don't appreciate – like I don't agree with it, I don't like it, but I'm not going to stop you. But if we have children, can we agree that like we don't raise them in a house where we gamble and go to the horse racing? Do you know what I mean? Like can you give me that much? Because I guess at the end of the day, yeah, it's something you don't agree with, but you can't control what your partner does. You can have your talks, but I guess it will start to affect you at the time when if you decide to build a family – yeah, you have to – that's exactly – that's the best point is that you have to accept that it's you cannot control the other person. You're both there choosing to be there. Mm. And if you don't – if the, if it is something that you it does really hurt you, well, then that's your deal breaker and you can't be together <laughs> anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But seriously, you no. – like it's – you can't be in a relationship where you want to control the other person. It can really upset you. You can force them to cook on the barbecue outside for yeah. sure. But, uh, like, yeah, you can't You can you beg can't them tell not them to get a haircut. But at the end of the day, day they're going to get just that They're just going to go to foot screen <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's like it's <laughs> – my haircut looks good. I've had it's, really good you, feedback. You, you really, really do. Really well. You look like a Disney prince. Yeah, thank you. All the people on social media for DM me, thank you. I really <laughs> appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> um, no, it's it's hard. It's a cultural and society thing, especially if he's grown up with it, and that's his probably connection with his dad. So, mm. like, he probably wants to spend quality time with his dad, and he gets enjoyment out of that. So, mm. um, sometimes horse racing and gambling might be the byproduct of that. But there's so many different things people do in society that they spend time with their parents. Mm. It shapes how they grow up. Yeah, yeah. I definitely like have experienced this, Annie. You were there when it happened, but I used to. 
drink with my mum. That was our thing, like having wine. And when I was sober, I was so nervous to tell her. Like I was literally sick and you were there being like, I think you should tell her, you should like say it. I couldn't even say it. The words wouldn't come out of my mouth because I was so like, well, I'm cutting off that part of our relationship and that side of bonding. Mm-hmm. And so I totally understand. Our relationship has to change. Our relationship now has to change because I've decided not to participate in this with you. And I was so nervous. And so I totally understand that um, Louise's husband probably is like, yeah, I see the bad side of it, but also I'm not going down that path. Like I don't want to do that. And I think Louise just has to sort of be wary of that on his behalf. Like, yeah, I understand you might not agree with it, but it's also kind of hard facing the music sometimes. So thanks, Liam, for coming on. Yeah, thanks you for having really me on. Thanks. I mean, I'm not a per- no, perfect person. And don't, and, made mistakes, <laughs> like, so and don't think just because you've got a taste yeah. for it, you can trot in here every other week and try and get on the podcast. Yeah, I'll be it's- back next week. Just, uh, I'll see how the feedback yes, is. Yes, they're talking about Volvodinia. <laughs> Whatever that is, I'm probably... I love you. Thanks for love coming you. on. Good love luck, you Louise. too, guys. Thanks, guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good luck, Louise. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>